As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eat teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila and Zach kicking it cooler than three teams when Joe Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheila and Zach coming at you with sets things flapping their wings on it's Tuesday meeting after they win by 36 why did we say how he was inactive I don't give <laughs> and welcome to birds with friends it is a Wednesday evening Thanksgiving Eve we've got a super sized double edition of birds with friends coming your way We've got a lot to get to. We will have the Squall 22 review of the Eagles' win over the New Orleans Saints. We will have Crow Thine Enemy about the New York football giants, and we know that nobody covers that team better than Zach Berman himself. We've got Swooper Sorecasting, a match that has tightened up as we head down the stretch. Everybody within one week of each other will have the Crystal Ball Deagle. We've got lots to do. If you are in the chat, make sure that you submit your Swooper Sorecasting suggestions. Thanks to everybody who's watching live. And if you are not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, now is the time to do so. Theathletic.com slash birds with friends. Through the end of the week, you get the best deal that we have all season, all year long. $1 a month for 12 months for new subscribers. Uh, before we get into things, I have two uh, Moa Culpas to begin with uh, today. Uh, last episode, I feel like the post-game pod, I left a few things on the table that I wanted to address. Number one, the, the most egregious omission of all, uh, a bad job by me not recognizing the official college football team of Birds with Friends, your Ivy League champions, the Princeton Football Tigers, after a dominating win, 33-13, over the lowly. Penn football team, those rotten hey, scoundrels. A uh, specific shout out to uh, three players in particular. The one player who I believe will be squarely on the New York Giants radar, and that is 
wide receiver Dylan Classy, who finished as an honorable mention. Uh, number Michael six. worked out with him this summer, too. There you go. Coincidence again? Can he pick it? I don't know. I think not. Uh, 621 receiving yards, 35 catches, and three touchdowns for Dylan Classy. Honorable mention, All-Ivy. Second team, All-Ivy, the number three leading receiver in the conference, a junior, Andre Yoshivas, who had 41 catches for 703 yards, deep threat, also a tremendous track athlete, I hear. Five touchdowns for Andre. And then, of course, number one, the leading receiver in the Ivy League, First team all Ivy, Jacob Bermelin. Bermelin, Bermelin. I got to work on that. Another Moa Culpa coming your way. 64 catches, 784 yards, three touchdowns. Shout out to that group. Extremely well coached, as we all know. Number two, my second Moa Culpa. Uh, in that, in the lead up to last week and in the talking of the game afterwards, at no point did we take the opportunity to uh, throw back to one of our favorite things. And that is, Sheila, I will give you the opportunity now. Can you tell us the team or the location where the team the Eagles beat on Sunday? Where are they from? Where do they play? Nolens. Nolens. All right. We can get into things. Sheil, how are you? Uh, congratulations to Coach Flynn and the Princeton Tigers. Well-deserved. Good Moa Culpa by you. Fantastic season. Best group of uh, wide receivers. Uh, you know, Best coach group of wide receivers I've seen at any level. And you know me. I'm a senior national writer. I've been scouting high school, college, NFL, you name it. And uh, you know, no mental mistakes. No, no Emmys, no as Emmys. they say. They played with a the spirit. They played with a the passion. They weren't afraid to do the little things. So absolutely. I mean, three receivers in the top six in the uh, conference. Unbelievable. How much better can you get? Congratulations to them. Uh, to you, Bo, there probably should be more Moa Culpas. I've got a little list here. We'll get okay. to that later. My notes from uh, the post-game pod there. My sources tell me Zach did stay awake. So that is good. We're <laughs> trending in the right direction as we approach Thanksgiving weekend. And then the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, there is some juice around this team. There is some excitement as you meet with your family, uh, friends this weekend. The Eagles will be. A topic of conversation. I went through the all 22 of the offense last night. I went through the all 22 of the defense this morning. I don't recognize this team. I don't know where this team was the first five or six weeks of the season. You never see a transformation like this in terms of how you want to play, what you want to do, what you're going to put on film. I mean, totally different from what we saw earlier in the season. So we will get to that. Uh, let me know in the chat if you're having an adult beverage. I was kind of on the fence. I didn't know. Do I get something? Do I not get something? It's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, kind of a, a festive mood. I turned in my picks column early. Uh, so if if you feel like I should, uh, you know, once these two bozos start talking about uh, inconsequential, um, you know, transactions or roster moves or whatever, I can uh, head out for, you know, maybe grab something for a few minutes. Well, you know that the Eagles have turned things around because – what you start to see is all the national people coming out of the woodwork. This Are they week. coming? Yeah. Are they showing up? Oh, well, no, not here. But, you know, oh. you're seeing you're seeing pieces, uh, pieces on the ringer from a Solak. Okay. You're seeing okay. clips of Jason Kelsey all over the place, as predicted by me in real time. You're okay. seeing all these things. Oh, this Eagles team is interesting. Everybody's writing about the Eagles. Very interesting. And of course, you as a senior national writer would descend at just the right time. And we also know that your profile as a senior national writer growing a little bit continues to grow do you trust the bills to bounce back this week 
because I feel like I do. I read a great piece on the in the Athletic today by Shilkapadia yeah. about how this Buffalo thing isn't nearly as dire as it seems. That's awesome. That was sent to us. I hadn't heard it yet, but. Listen, anyone who pumps me up is a uh, is a friend of mine. So, I mean, that uh, is an open invitation for Kill a Cow to to come in with his own uh, Simmons impression. Yeah, the top there, yeah. But. Kill, a, Kill a Cow does a fantastic job with that. Well, well deserved. Say. That was a good piece. Was and a I have piece, to shout out loyal listener Ethan because he DM'd me the exact time code, oh, everything. Thank so. you, Ethan. Very yeah. good. Kenny now, loves it, the loyal listener of Birds with Friends or of the BS? Now, if there are national writers descending to work on like, you know, if they're doing it remotely. We had a Kim right? Jones in the house today. You guys can't know, but if they're, okay, TV reporter. Uh, if, if there are writers who you feel like are swooping in about to do something, I mean, I would expect a courtesy text like, She'll watch it back. You know, you're supposed to go, go get something. This is your market. Are you really going to get crushed in your own market? I mean, you know, the wheels are spinning for me. I texted you guys with a little idea I thought might be, uh, might be good. Maybe we work on collaboratively or uh, if you're busy, I do myself. So don't worry. You know, we're not, we're not going to bow down to, to any other site in terms of Eagles coverage. I think everybody knows that. Although I I, I, I believe our Eagles coverage as it stands is comprehensive. Yeah, exactly. Very good. And uh, stay and, that way. And we have some good stuff coming up this week. So make go. sure you mm. check it out. You can take advantage of our Black Friday deal on the Athletic. Zach's got a uh, Zach's got a banger that's scheduled for Friday. I wouldn't. Come I wouldn't oh, I look like forward that, to it. But uh, yeah, we have we have some good pieces coming up. Well, now as we know, and Marissa, I'm teeing you up here for the second thing. Uh, Zach is. Obviously, like he's the Don of the Eagles beat, right? He's he's on top of his PCQs. Don, he 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 knows what's going on. He's the president of the uh, of the association. But uh, you know that he relishes an opportunity anytime he gets one to be quizzed on something. And there was a moment during today's press conference that I didn't get to see Zach's face, but I I knew that inside he was lighting up. It was like all the bells and whistles on a game show were going off because this was his moment. He was given a two can you essentially mid press conference by Nick Sirianni. And boy, did he take advantage. Nick Saban had an awesome message. Uh, uh, was that last year? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago of when, when people are telling you how good you are, what that is. Uh, you guys can look that up. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So. So not the best audio, but he's talking about Nick Saban. His he was Zach asked him about his message for this week, and he he references a Nick Saban thing, and Zach just uh, jumps in in the middle of the press conference. You mean the rat poison? He's like, yeah, that's it. Uh, the rat the poison. Rat poison. So Zach okay. is all over it. He's 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 the man who knows it all. All right. I so- don't know about that, but uh, it was that's a worthwhile message for this team right now because they are getting a lot of credit. I, I would say deserved credit. Uh, I think that the rat poison. I'm I'm not saying everyone should 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 read their clippings, but or take I, rat poison, or take rat poison. <laughs> but I I do feel strongly that when things aren't going well, they're they're going to get a lot of blame. Uh, and so when things are going well, they they deserve credit, and that's that's across the board, right? That's the players. Uh, it's, it's it starts with the players. I think the coaching staff's doing a really good job. I think Howie Roseman, um, you know, he's he's had a few good weeks here. Uh, you know, Devontae Smith looks like a good player. So I, I think a, a across the board, from where this organization appeared to be, well, I, I know Bo's going to laugh when I say this because this is an expression that I've used often during the past few days when they boarded the flight from Las Vegas. 
uh, to now, it, it's uh, it, it's a it's a transformation. She'll put it well. The team you're watching now does not even resemble the team that we watched in October. So credit to them because they deserve it right now. All right. Well, we will get into all that, but before we do that, it is time now to send things over to the Stone Cold Newsman for the latest news and notes from the Novacare Complex. By the way, John Clark probably wonders why he gets featured in everyone. Um, you think John Clark's Davey, a viewer? He I watches so. the YouTube. I'm a, I'm a viewer of John Clark's work. Uh, Davion Taylor placed on injured reserve. Davion Taylor underwent knee surgery on Tuesday. Nick Sirianni's hopeful that Taylor can return this year, but non-committal, I think, is fair to say. And surgery certainly is a big deal. So that is something to monitor there. Uh, elsewhere, Jordan Howard has a knee injury. Nick Sirianni didn't necessarily rule him out this week, but doesn't sound good. I think they're more hopeful for next week. Sean Bradley has a shoulder injury. He will be back, it sounds like. There is some wishful thinking there, but there is optimism. Darius Slay is in the concussion protocol. Uh, I believe he was, you know, he will see what happens with him, but Similar to these concussions over the past few weeks, it's out of the team's hands. You have a better idea come Friday of his status. Brandon Brooks, no update on Brandon Brooks yet, which is somewhat interesting considering he was injured in week two. We are in week 12 right now, or yeah, we're in week 12 right now, and he has not yet returned to practice. So certainly we will con- we will keep you abreast on, the, on, on that situation. Uh, at practice today, uh, in, in, in terms of the injuries, really the big one to monitor there. Like we said, uh, Jordan Howard, Darius Slay. Josh Sweat's on there with a knee injury. Uh, he he would have been a limited participant. Of course, they're having walkthroughs. This, oh, they're having a walkthrough today, not a full practice. And then the last thing I will say is that the Eagles made a minor transaction, although it's not minor to the person who's involved in the transaction. Uh, Mac McCain. Mac McCain returns to the Eagles. Bo Wolf Return probably has Mac. a tailor has a Taylor Hart stat for you, but uh, the Eagles waived him, what, two weeks ago? It was before the Denver game, so two weeks ago, and now he is back in the secondary for the Eagles. Four birds with friends. I'm Zach Berman. Back to you, Bo. Yes, this is the the quickest uh, return that I believe the Eagles have had via waivers in quite some time mid-season. First mid-season reacquisition since Taylor Hart in 2016. Uh, Sheila, what do you got there? What'd you, what'd you go and grab? A little bevy? A little bevy, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, the, the Brooks thing is interesting, I think, Zach, because when he first suffered that injury, we were led to believe it was going to be a, like a four, five-week type deal. It has been significantly longer than that, and there seems to be no indication that he is coming back soon. So um, mm. it's, it's like the one thing that Sirianni has has sort of, like been sort of uh cagey about and like like, really... like like not even he's not even willing to be helpful on it he's yeah like, i have no or like answer any questions yeah. just like yeah i've got no update for you on that so and it was interesting uh jimmy kemsky today asks nick if brandon brooks is the starter when he gets back which i thought is like a no-brainer layup yeah this guy's a three-time pro bowler of course he's the starter when he gets back and nick 
was was basically like we don't have to even think about that right now. I have no mm. information on uh, on. You. It feels like the only reason you would ask that if you are not sure that he's going to be back this year. You, the only reason exactly. you would answer that way. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm I'm curious to see if there's anything yeah. that gets him shut down for the year. A little bit odd. Uh, all right, Sheila, you want to get into the squall twenty two? Give us your your thoughts on this offense that has completely transformed uh, over the past four weeks. Why don't we start with the defense? You know, okay, ZB, let's do defense. Z, yeah. We'll add break. Then we can get into the full, okay. full offense. ZB's always getting on me for not giving the uh, – Now I would say this was the first time I watched the defense and said, okay, they're trying some stuff. I'm it seeing some stuff I like. It was completely different. Completely yes. different. They abandoned the base defense. Uh, they didn't play it at all in the first half. Um, and it was interesting. I asked Gannon about it, and he said that was not their initial plan going in. Their plan was they were they were going to start with the nickel and then like match based on what the offense showed. But they were playing so well uh, that he decided we're just going to roll with it. And they didn't match. They just stuck in nickel the entire time, except for on those third down dime pressure packages. And I mean, like you said, looked like a totally different defense. What has he said about playing dime after his we don't after he said we don't play dime and now they're playing dime? Uh, well, that that is how I started it off. I said, you know, were you just were you just slow playing us when you said that? Like, did you have this in mind? Um, and he said, you know, like things change over the course of a season. You know, he he went all the way back to like, you know, and I didn't love this, but like, you know, the lack of off season. Like, you gotta you you need these guys to get the reps, which is a little much. But it, really, what it comes down to in my read is that, like, whether it was intentional or not, they wanted to make sure in the first few weeks that like the guys understood the base stuff on the defense mm -hmm. and there were not like missed assignments in the regular stuff before they expanded the package. We can debate on whether that's the right way to go about it, but uh, it, it, it seems like that was, that was their, their uh, operating uh, procedure was let's, let's get the, the base stuff down and then, and then grow from there. And, and once guys proved that they could uh, run that stuff without mistakes, then they was willing to expand it. Yeah, real quick before Shield gives the breakdown of, of the defense to follow up on, on what Bo said for as as much as we emphasize the differences between Gannon and, and, and Schwartz and, and we kept mentioning throughout training camp how they're showing these varied looks and they could adjust game to game. One thing they have in common is that Gannon very much believes in like the guys playing fast, not overcomplicating things during the game. Um, that was the root of his answer to Bo was that they wanted to get down what they needed to get done first. And then there was uh, I, I there was a snippet in the broadcast when I watched the broadcast version back where Mark Schlereth said that he keeps it. Yeah, he didn't menu. like that. You brought that he, up. He, he keeps a, a, a tight menu. And uh, I, I said they brought it up on the broadcast. A, is that accurate? And, and B, why is that? And then. He was kind of like, wait, they brought that up on the broadcast. Yeah, it was like but he was disappointed his, that that left that that left the uh, the, the meeting room. The uh, uh -oh. but yeah, but his and, they, thing, and they're his, calling the game this week, so he's going to give Schleyer some, uh, yeah. some 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 BS about it. His 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 point. He he said that that is accurate, and he doesn't know what all defensive coaches do, but but he he really wants like the guys to know what they're doing that week and not to overcomplicate it and to play fast and to, and to be instinctive out there as 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 opposed to thinking i mean i i remember when uh back in 2016 talking to daniel jeremiah Bo's, oh, i'm sorry shields boy when the eagles uh moved back to the schwartz scheme and he said when he was 
a scout in Philly, they used to say read is a four letter word, right? You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's no reading on, on defense. You, you just need to play fast. Uh, and, and that seems to be the attitude sometimes that, that they want to foster is, is play fast. Well, the other thing he has in common with Schwartz is that he he can really filibuster an answer. I mean, he can go on and on and on and answer your question. But I mean, it, that's a that's a fine answer for him. It's also like we should be skeptical of like we didn't play man because we yeah no we, this, like, is, it this is this is Garbanzo beans. Uh, I don't buy any of it. If okay. anything, the move to the move to play simple to me is you would play more man coverage. Exactly. That's exactly. I mean you could grab eleven any NF you know any six NFL defensive backs and you have to get ready to play a game in twenty minutes. It would be either basic zone where you're spot dropping, which I guess they did do, or you're just saying, hey, play man. You know, we've got some guys just, all right, well, you can play two man. You can play uh, cover one, whatever you want to do. But that's the most simplest form of defense. And it's not like they're reinventing the wheel. I mean, so to me, I think there's this discussion going on right now. When I did my uh, flex WIP hit today, you know, they were saying, uh, you know, what happens if they miss the playoffs by one game? And we're going, what were they doing the first six games of the season when they were throwing the ball 40 times a game, when they had the most vanilla defense uh, in the NFL and they lost some game, maybe they could have stolen one of those games. So that's one side of it. And the other side of it is, wow, what a job by this coaching staff midway through the season, just completely changing who they are, winning games while they're doing it, not being stuck in one system, adjusting and figuring it out. So I think that's a conversation that will probably continue in the weeks ahead. But I mean, you look at this defense, the, you know, third down on the first possession, like Bo said, uh, they're in dime. They're they bring, throwing they bring six guys. Yeah. I think it was a zero. I believe it was a zero blitz. I believe there were five guys out, uh, in the routes. Everybody's just manned up. There's no safety back there. Avante Maddox, uh, hits Simeon. It's an incompletion. And you're just like, wait, what? Third down of the first possession? Like in week in week 11, uh, I don't recognize this. And then, you know, you look at it two possessions later, third down, six-man pressure, man coverage behind it. You look at it, I was just looking up the numbers. The last four weeks, they rank seventh in percentage of man coverage snaps. First 11 weeks, 32nd. Hmm. Last four weeks, they rank 14th in blitz percentage. First 11 weeks. 30th last four weeks third most snaps of single high coverage first 11 weeks 26th i mean this is really more of a this is like a more dramatic shift than really the offense in some ways if you look at it or just as dramatic it's incredible uh, how they played but yes this was a fun game plan it was fun execution the players uh were playing with energy um you know i think they like they probably like being able to do some different things. They're bringing pressure. They're being aggressive. I think the first play of the game, they were in press coverage uh, on the outside. Steven Nelson had the pass breakup right down the left sideline. I mean, he's in press coverage there, uh, as was Darius Slay on the other side. And so, um, you know, again, I don't know what led to this, how it happened. Maybe uh, I don't want to say like we were too impatient because I do feel like what were they doing? And so I, I feel like that that criticism was valid at the time. But at the same time, that was a fun defensive performance. I mean, that was the first time all season I looked at it and said, all right, this is pretty fun. You're putting different players in, in positions to succeed. Uh, the players are doing what's being asked of them. And you really had the offense uh, on its heels. I mean, it was what the first 10 possessions of, of that game, six punts, two interceptions, uh, a fumble, 
and the touchdown where they're getting the ball, you know, at what the six yard line or whatever. I mean, that's a, that's 10, a lot of some of these games they've played have been 10 possessions total. So I don't really put too much stock into what happened there in the fourth quarter when the game was getting out of hand. So uh, absolutely an encouraging performance by the defense. I've been, I've been thinking a lot about like what you're talking about and like how to evaluate the coaching staff on making these changes mid season, both on offense and on defense that, you know, obviously those guys are, are smarter, like by, by, you know, nth degrees about football than we are. But some of the things are things that like jabronis like us would have been saying all along, like sure. on offense, you've got this great offensive line. You've got the unbelievable gift of a talented running quarterback, build the offense around that. Like that's what the offensive identity should be on defense. You know, let the let the guys up front get after it. You've got some good guys in the secondary. Let Darius Slay play man. You know, uh, a guy like TJ Edwards should be on the field more. These things that like seemed obvious to us, uh, should they be dinged for not getting the those things earlier? Or like, is it more impactful long term? And does it matter more if they like come to those conclusions on their own um, as opposed to like being told that? Like, you know, should should Howie Roseman have told them to play? T.J. Edwards more or whatever. Did he? Or, I mean, or, we don't. I don't know. I right. Don't know or like, should he have said to to, to to run the ball more? Or like, does it matter more that they came to those conclusions on their own? They found the right answers themselves. And does that like does that mean more in the long run? I don't. I don't have a good answer for it. Um, but it's just it's something I've been thinking a lot about. Well, like, have you guys ever had stories that you're working on, uh, and then you go into the story and you're excited about it, you're expecting it to be one thing, and then like at some point in the reporting process, you're like. And well, that's not the story. This is the story, right? right. Uh, but it, so you try, so so you you tried as much as you can to, to squeeze what you wanted out of the story, but then you had to accept the fact that it was something else. That's that's kind of like what it was with with the coaching. They all these guys are getting their first shots at it. They 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 go into the job. They want to play a certain way, and then I think they 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 realize midstream that they need to that they can't play that way. And if it's going to work they need to use the material they have as opposed to the idea in their mind of what to do. Now, yeah, one it's strange that, because it's ahead. the, yeah, it really is the WIP season. I mean, you could, you could, I, I saw mean, you had that line in your story. Yeah. yeah for, for like, uh, you know, it, it, what's ESPN's Sunday morning uh, thing. I mean, if they wanted to do a piece with like, uh, uh, listeners calling in over the first six weeks saying, do this, this, and this, and then show the numbers mm -hmm. of what I, of what they switched to. So it's weird. It usually doesn't work this way. It, it, like, like you said, Bo, it's usually we come on here, you know, I've spitted uh, a million terrible takes of, Hey, they should be doing this, this, and this to fix their issues. And those are the wrong answers. And those are not what they should be doing. Those wouldn't solve anything. This was like the one time where as far back as, April and May, it seemed relatively obvious, of a, specifically on offense. Uh, defense can get trickier, but specifically on offense, how you would have your best chance to succeed with your given personnel. That's that's not like uh, you know me gassing anybody up. That's like all right, anybody who's kind of followed this, and you yeah. just said, hey, you know, what do you think? Here's who the quarterback is. Here's who the personnel is. Do you think they should have a little bit of this in, in their offense, or do you think they should be throwing it 40 times a game and handing it off two times a game? Well, no, that probably would not be a recipe for success. And so I think that's what makes this one, this specific instance, 
so weird and the second guessing it's like well it's this really wasn't second guessing uh for a yeah, lot of people in true. the chat or listening it's kind of like you know when you're having conversations with friends about your new coaching staff and how are they going to play this year with this personnel you were probably saying the things they're doing now that didn't mean it was always going to succeed it doesn't mean they would have been in first place in the nfc east anything like that it's just sort of a strange way that they got uh they got to where they're at and i also would say you know there is as people try to answer this question, like why it took so long, there is the, the sort of conspiracy theory that like the way they played over the first six games was like handed on down high from Jeffrey Lurie because he wants to have a passing offense. Like, I don't think that that, I think that is uh, sort of ridiculous. Um, you know, even though we've written about like the, the heavy uh, influence that he has on decision-making, you know, he's not like going down and telling them how to play. And I'm, sh and like, and they're like, the idea that he might be displeased with the way they're playing now because they're running the ball so much. I am sure that he's over the moon with the success. Yeah. Of the yeah I agree like, with that. I, they're like yeah. four, you know, they're the, as you, they're the second most, the second best offense in football over the past four weeks. He, he believes as most people do, because it's true that the, the best way to have an efficient offense is by passing right. the, the ball. But if you can have a great efficient offense by running the ball, that's the goal is to have a really good efficient offense. That's what matters. Yes, I, I think the bet. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I agree with all of that. I think he's. I think he would be happy. They're winning games and they have an efficient offense. That's what he wants. I mean, I think the thing that he gets frustrated with and is true is the pretty much the worst thing you can do is run the ball a lot when you're not good at running the ball and specifically right. when you're good at passing the ball. I mean, that is the right. dumbest thing you can do uh, as an offensive coach is that, Hey, we've got a great quarterback or we've got a really efficient passing game. I mean, really it was the chargers last year and we're going to run the ball into the middle of the line of scrimmage uh, on first and second down. And we're going to, then we're going to have our quarterback bail us out on third down. I mean, that's not the situation here. Uh, you know, he, he sees uh, what they have. And if you're really good at running the ball, you could have a pretty good offense being run heavy. The Cleveland Browns last year, the Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, these are all offenses that have been top 10. And if you look at the graph on are they run heavy or not, yeah, they've been pretty run heavy. They're going to be uh, towards the bottom of the league. The best thing to have is the great passing offense with the great quarterback. But as we've discussed, you can't just, you know, you can't just, uh, I'm trying to think of what Zach, what neighborhood Zach would say, right? You can't just go down to Port Richmond and get Patrick Mahomes, right? So, so, that, so you have to go with Zach's uh, nodding because he loves that. Yeah. He, we, uh, I didn't think Zach like, liked that. No, I thought it was going to be a bigger reaction. What, what mm. neighborhood should I have gone with there? No, Zach? Port Richmond works. It's Port okay. Richmond works. Right. Yeah, mm. that's a good one. All right. My, I'm, I, I'm getting text here. I, I need to say hello to, uh, to Reed and Sloan, they're watching for the uh, first time. Uh, and, yeah. and, Tell them we want them on. <laughs> yeah, Reed and Sloan, come That's on, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Come into yeah. Dad's room. And <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, Shio. Oh, please. Much better than what I had to say. So... Anyway, so that so yeah, I don't know if tell I have him, a lot more. Tell to him add. to go down to Port Richmond, find a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you know, the defense. I thought Avante Maddox was fantastic uh, in this game. I don't know if we want to get to the contract stuff later or what. I actually thought you guys covered it well. I, I agree with what you said. I would not have done this contract at this time, and that's not because I don't like Avante Maddox, especially how he's playing now. He's playing really well. He can do a lot of different things. To me, slot corner. When I do the top 100 or top 50 free agents every year. Those are the guys that you're just like, shoot, there's like, you know, six of these guys that you can probably get. You know, the Dolphins got Justin Coleman for two million a year. There was Brian Poole. I mean, you're getting him for uh, under five million a year. And so 
Cam Sutton, Mike Hilton, like these are guys that are available pretty much every cycle and they get paid a certain amount. And so if you would have told me you're getting Maddox at a discount now, like, you know, yeah. if you would have said, hey, you're getting him at uh, four or five million, I would have said, okay, I, I can get that. But like, you guys nailed it. I mean, like seven million was probably his, his, probably his best case scenario in March, in my opinion, unless all of a sudden he just takes the league by storm in the final six or seven weeks. So that part, uh, I didn't really get that. You know, I, I also I think, think it's that, a very draftable position. As it exactly. As well. Every yeah. year, right there, the, the, and like, the Dan Brokers are saying this guy could play the slot. Left. This yes. could be a feisty slot corner. This could be a feisty slot corner. I think that's a pretty smart way. If you're team building, just take a shot on like a couple of those guys. If they yep. don't hit, it's not the end of the world. Cause you can actually probably find one of those guys um, in August. So I didn't, uh, I didn't totally agree with that. And, and Zach, I thought you made a, a good point too, is that if you have to choose and we'll see what they have to choose, but at some point you do have to make decisions. I would agree that, you know, if you could give me a stud safety uh, over that slot corner, I mean, 7 million is like nothing to sneeze at. So yeah. I don't want to rip Avante Maddox. I like yeah. Avante Maddox. I thought he played fantastic like in this game. I mean, he was just killing drives with the play. I think there were three different drives he killed on third down, one with the QB hit, uh, two with kind of his coverage and pass breakups. But that's not a deal um, that I would have been aggressive to do at this time. And why, and like, I don't I don't believe that that this is a deal you couldn't have just gotten when the season was over. Like, let's right. wait and see if he, like, makes it through the season healthy. You know, I don't know. It seemed like there was there was no rush. Anyway, uh, all right. Anything else on the defense shield, or should we uh, should we head to, head to break? Well, overall, they're 13th in EPA per drive. They're 24th in success rate. They're 18th in DVOA. So they're moving in the right direction. And we'll see. You're going to get some terrible offenses here coming up. Can you just continue to beat up on these bad quarterbacks week after week? You're probably going to have a clunker in there. Two clunkers. I don't know if you can afford two clunkers uh, the rest of the way. And so we'll see how consistent they're able to be, how they're going to play with this group. But uh, I was definitely encouraged by by that performance on Sunday, even though obviously it's not a great opponent, but still, you, you know, to play the way they played was very impressive. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Zach, one thing that I left on the table from Sunday's episode that I meant to bring up, we're sitting there in our seats in the press box, I'd say about 90 minutes to kick off or so, and uh, up pops somebody in the uh, section right above us looking up at the press box, and I nudge you, and I say, look who it is. It was Mike from Dave. Just sitting there right in front of us. That's the guy correct. with the, you know, I mean, hard to miss him. He's got the same, uh, like, very handsome red beard that he that he has on the show right there in person. Good show. Highly recommend it. 
Standing right there in the stands? Yeah. He was standing right there in the section right in front of the press box. Is is there more commentary you expect? Manager? Is that I, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The manager of the show. Yeah. Yeah, Outstanding. You didn't go down, get a little interview, you know, see if he's what, what can I do? Run through there? the glass. He didn't stay. He, they didn't. Okay. I don't think they were sitting in that section. It was like they okay. popped up, looked around, and then went back down. Never saw him again. Okay. So Great there you show. go. Highly shout out to uh, yeah. shout out to our Dave fans. Okay. Tony Ascenda. All right. Uh, Shia, what can you tell us about the offense performance? What jumped out to you other than the Jason Kelsey block that everybody has seen a million times? Well, I think they've become a difficult team to prepare for, uh, which is always a good thing. You know, I'm looking at what we'll get to this game Sunday, but the Giants coming off a short week, and now all of a sudden you're preparing for a team that is running the ball they are, the way they are with all these different types of schemes. They're layering on schemes every week that you haven't seen the previous week. Now they're running a lot from shotgun. We saw a couple of weeks ago they were running a lot from under center. Uh, Jalen Hurts is heavily involved. And so uh, I think that's a good thing to go in that direction. You know, we had the uh, armpit sweat rating for the opposing quarterback. So I don't know if this is for opposing defensive coordinators or not, but you want them thinking, all right, this this week's going to be a little bit different. How do we come up with a plan for how to stop these guys? It's the best run defense in the NFL, and they ran all over them. And it's a really smart defensive coordinator who's been around and had to coach against a lot of different uh, schemes and players in his day and oftentimes has done a fantastic job. And they weren't able to stop the Eagles for the better part of this game. So I don't, you know, so much of the conversation, can it last? Is it sustainable? Like, it's fun to watch. It's different. They're maximizing the personnel they have. I don't know. Let's have that conversation. Once we get six more games under our belt, we'll have a larger sample to look at. I mean, I'm sure there are going to be games here where somebody comes up with a a scheme or commits to stopping the run in a way that they haven't yet, and it's not going to look as good, and we'll see what they do then. We'll see what their plan B is uh, at that time, but it hasn't really happened uh, so far, and so I think it was just uh, another encouraging performance. The offensive line, outstanding. I mean, I love uh, Jordan Mailata's what did the scouts say? Play personality? Bo, what is yeah, Zach? Yeah, is play personality. Yeah. And, and uh, Bo asked good questions about this today. I, I want you to finish okay. the point. But then what did Bo he say? No, go ahead. What, what did Mylotta say? Well, so Bo, I, I didn't want to speak for, for Bo here, but uh, it was a really good question, I, I thought. Um, and then Bo can explain what they said. But the question basically was, mm-hmm. was do people have the wrong perception of Mylotta because he's this – happy-go-lucky guy when when his helmet's off and he's you know he's he's funny he's charming he doesn't seem like that uh that enforcer when he's in front of the microphone and, and, and do you want to well yeah and he was so he was asked about the you know the marcus davenport fight thing and it was interesting you know it, it was not just like some little fracas that happened in the middle of the play you know it was it was sort of calculated he said because Marcus Davenport had been hitting Jalen Hurts after the play, like on the sideline. He pushed him over. There was another play that was borderline late. He said, and it went back to last season. And he said, even last season, there were some plays where where he thought the Saints were a little bit dirty. So you know, he took on like he he wanted to send a message uh, to protect his quarterback. And uh, Kelsey, I asked Kelsey about like uh, so the Kelsey double block on the outside. Jordan Mailata with his like one armed. Like push over uh, with the left hand that to pancake. Cam Jordan, by the way, not right. to, you know, like and then and then the fight with Marcus Davenport, like which of those plays, like you know, made the O line room go crazy more, like w- was more fun w- rewatching. 
And Kelsey said what what he liked the most was was the fight with Davenport because he just loves seeing that that fight from my lot of like to have a to have a 400 pound dude be your enforcer. You know, it's like, how could you how could you possibly improve on Jason Peters being your enforcer? Uh, like when when you need somebody, well, you get someone who somehow dwarfs Jason Peters in Jordan Mailata. And so, yeah, I think I think it is. It's really fun to watch him play. He's like he's the coolest guy on the team. I, I mean, that was like in a, you know, in a sports movie where like the, you know, the defensive end did something to the left tackle, like off the feet, you know, I, I don't know, something like right. happened the like day before yeah. and, and they like just do a zoom in on the left tackle. And he's like, I am going to annihilate this guy the first time I get the chance. And I think he got a little help. I don't know if it was Goddard or whoever started with a little double team, but once my Lada knew he had a chance to and move Marcus that guy. Was huge. Yeah, I mean he's yeah, he's a first round pick, uh, big guy. Once he had a chance to kind of do what he did to him and move him all the way across the field, and then just get on top of him, like he was not going to waste that opportunity. And uh, you know the the one handed uh, push to Cam Jordan, and then when an Eagles player goes down, whether it was Jordan Howard when he went down, you saw Mylotta is like right there uh, as a teammate when Jalen Hurts goes down. You know, I think the offensive, other offensive linemen could get coached up a little bit when the quarterback goes down. Like, you know, let, let's get over there. It's always, I feel like it's always Mylotta, but it, you know, he's taking note of everything and he does play with that mentality of uh, I'm going to protect the people who are wearing the same jersey that I am, and I'm going to bring pain to the players who are wearing the other jersey. And it's like a parent on every single play. Is he going to get beat from time to time or miss blocks? Yes, but uh, it's really fun to watch that. That that really stuck out to me just in this game. That he's like like once Davenport hit hurts, Mylotta's like I'm gonna I'm ready to fight this guy on every single down. And so uh, that's good and to Hertz, have out of the left tackle. My lot said that Hertz uh, texted him late at night on Sunday, thanking him. Thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah, because yeah, you could see it. Well, even when Davenport first hit, you know, hit him late, that like my is just right there going like, all right, that's not going <laughs> to right. stand for that. So, But I, uh, I think the good thing about cool. this conversation too, and we we talked about is, is, this, is this sustainable? And, and Bo and I have an email exchange coming out tomorrow on The Athletic, which you can subscribe and, and for a dollar a month for the next 12 months. But we we tackled this topic, and uh, I, I, I hope Michael's watching in the, in the Dunmore's household right now because the credit like, – like to me, the formula is not anything more than something that's been going on for decades in football. They're trusting their offensive line. The strength of their team is their offensive line or the strength of their offense, I should say, is their offensive line. Like like we discussed on the podcast a few weeks ago, offensive linemen prefer run blocking to pass blocking. Uh, what what they're doing is on a week-to-week basis, they are winning at the line of scrimmage. They are overpowering opponents. Um, and there are things that teams could get, can, uh, can do differently, like uh, uh, Kelsey was talking about today. Teams can play more zero to combat the run. Um, and then it's on Hurts to beat him with his arm. But ultimately, what's what's happening here, the reason why this is sustainable, as long as the Eagles stay healthy, that's the caveat. If Kelsey's out there, if Lane Johnson's out there, and Mike Lott is out there, that's a good place to start. Um, but they are they are winning every game at the line of scrimmage. And when you win at the line of scrimmage, you have a good chance of winning the game. I think that's well said. Yeah. And I would only add that combining that with 
hurts as a runner is yes, what right. makes it like right. is what makes it a superpower that they have. Uh, the combination of those two things. Well, it's so yeah. I mean, the way he's influencing defenders, even when he's handing the ball off, it's just uh, you know we we I guess during the Chip Kelly era was when we probably first talked about it in Philadelphia. But it's fun. I mean, they're hesitating, they're frozen. They're going with him. A hole's opening up. You know, we've seen this has been a trend like over the last probably eight, nine years in the NFL is that it's not easy to have a quarterback who can run and stay healthy and is good at it and can do all the other stuff. But when you do, your run game is almost always going to be good. I mean, I don't know that there's an example of you not having a top five uh, efficient run rushing offense when you have a quarterback who is at a certain level uh who can be a big part of it one i think but um, but but i i i just want to uh, chime in on on that because i i think running quarterbacks have evolved over let's say the past decade in that like michael vick for as the big question with with michael vick is like does he slide for instance right running quarterbacks used to be just scrambling around trying to find right. space Quarterbacks now, because of the way offenses have changed, they're almost like running backs. And what I mean by that is Jalen Hurts doesn't get hit the way running quarterbacks did in the past. It's not like he's taking all these hits. He's very um, smart and and strategic even. And it, it's almost like watching LaShawn McCoy in, in terms of when he gets down, when he gets out of bounds, what hits he's taking. So I, 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 I do think because he's been in these offenses – that have emphasized the run over the years, he's almost like a running back playing quarterback when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, I think last week was the first time he probably took some hits, but I mean, he's yeah. he's sort of a, I don't know, I, I I don't watch it. And like like you said, when you used to watch Vic or some other quarterbacks, you'd be like, oh, you know, like yeah, when exactly. they, you know, every time. And a lot, a lot of times, like you mentioned, if, if that's a scramble or not kind of a designed run, um, it can be a little bit different. And I, I remember always having the argument if you, you know, doing the research on Vic and how many times did he get injured when he was in the pocket compared to when he was running. So, it's something to keep an eye on. It's something he has to continue to be good at and decide when he's going to lower his shoulder, when he's going to juke, when he's just going to uh, go down, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I would say overall it's been positive. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say on the offense is just I think it's sort of uh, if misnomer is the right word, but like because they're playing this way does not mean that it's not an explosive offense. You know, I, I was looking up some of right. the numbers. And even if you look at this game, I think like four of their first five drives, they had an explosive play on. And if you look at it for the season, they're seventh league wide in plays of 20 plus yards. So it's, it may not be happening traditionally, but they're getting a lot of run. You know, they're getting runs. I think they lead the end. They're tied for first in the NFL with runs for 20 plus yards. You combine that with the passing game, which is not conservative, which has these design sort of shot plays uh, on first down off play action, pushing the ball downfield. It's not like a, you know, a total just, hey, move the chains type of offense. It's not like that week one offense. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're, they're hitting on big plays. Like kind of every time they have a scoring drive, I don't know, we would have to look up every drive, but a lot of them, they're getting an explosive play at some point uh, during that drive. So that was just something I, I wanted to point out. Well, well, you know, Kelsey said today, uh, you know, it, it looks like they're running so much more and that's true, but you know, he, he went back to like those first seven, eight weeks, like they were calling a lot of runs. They were just RPOs and they would throw the ball. 
and now they're just they're, they're not they're not throwing calling RPOs anymore. They're just calling runs, hand the ball off, and and the the option is for the option Hertz is to for keep Hertz, it. Yeah, um, and that makes sense because you know the way that it looks now, it's it's a little bit like the uh, the Titans offense of you know Arthur Smith uh, pass where it's the the passing game is about deep shots um, for the most part, uh, which I think makes sense. The whole thing the whole thing makes so much more sense now than it did before. Um, I guess we can pivot from there to to the curl that enemy. Uh, we don't have to spend too much time on the Giants. I know yeah. they, well, you know, it's uh, we talk so much about the 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 Saints. It's a short week. They were recording only a few days after they played on Monday Night Football. So how could we be expected to talk too much about the Giants? But uh, you, you talk about like the the adjustments that could be made in this game. The Giants come in thirtieth in run DVOA defense. Uh, so like, you feel like they, they, they almost have to do something different. They can't just line up and play. And, you know, the expectation as, as we've talked about is that now teams are going to, because the Eagles were able to line up and play, uh, you know, straight up against the number one run defense and totally blow them off the ball that we're going to start seeing have your boxes and Steichen said the same thing. And Kelsey said the same thing today. Then it puts more onus on Jalen hurts, uh, to win with his arm, if that's the case. And I, you know, I think they can do that uh, with with like single coverage on Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard and even Quez Watkins. I think I think that's fine. Um, I think they can win that way. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what your boy Patrick Graham does. Yeah, it's not an exciting team. There's not a lot. I mean, I I did you know uh, no research for this. I watched yeah. the Monday Night Football game. I've been watching the Giants all year. Their offense is a complete disaster. I mean, they were terribly coached under Jason Garrett. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to be great here. They did have a lot of injuries. They have a terrible offensive line. I, I mean, they had no chance on Monday Night against the Bucks. They are healthy at the skill position. So if you're one of those Eagles fans that just likes to always think of the worst case scenario and how are we going to lose yeah, this that's game? Possible. Yeah. It would be that Kenny Galladay, Kadarius, Tony, uh, Evan Ingram, you know, Saquon Barkley doesn't to me. Slayton not, is an Eagles killer. Slayton is an Eagles killer. And so if you can't get to Daniel Jones, can they hit on big plays? Yeah, they, they should be able to, but I mean, their offensive line is Garbanzo beans and their scheme does nothing creative. So, I don't know that that's going to happen. If they just say, hey, let's go bombs away and just chuck it, uh, that's something to keep an eye out for. Uh, when Daniel Jones has had success, and it's been uh, few and far between this year, but he is a talented runner when he doesn't fumble. I mean, he can keep the ball on his own read and pick up 30, 40 yards. He's had a lot of big runs in his NFL career. So that's something to kind of account for, but uh, it's been a bad offense. It's been a lifeless team. They went out, they made all these moves in free agency, Kenny Galladay, Dory Jackson, they, they screw up the entire Leonard Williams situation to the point where they're paying him uh, an unbelievable amount. And so they've got like little, you know, they've got talented players in little pockets. They don't have a great team. People thought their defense might take a step up this year. It has not. They've got some big boys up front in Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. So I think that might be the test for the Eagles uh, offensive line and run game is how do you deal with kind of two, two powerful defensive tackles like that. Aziz Ojolari, who I think, uh, BWF was a fan of right during mm -hmm. uh, yes. draft time. He, he, he is was a very, uh, he was my second round pick in the shadow draft. The shadow yeah. Draft. 
He's a good player. He's a talented player. I think he's played well. The rest of their edge rush is really uh, garbanzo beans. They don't have much at linebacker. James Bradbury hasn't been as good as he was last year. You know, on paper, you look at their defensive backs and say, hey, they've got some talented uh, players here, but it just hasn't all, uh, it hasn't all come together for them, Joe Judge, game management, awful. I mean, really, you think about it and you say, all right, special teams coach, he doesn't have to call offensive plays. He doesn't have to call defensive plays. Well, all right, you better be, uh, you know, your guy's boy, John Harbaugh level uh, with your game management. And he's like the opposite. I mean, if you watch that game Monday night, their final drive of the first half just made absolutely no sense what they were doing to the point where Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, you know, three or four times in that game were just flummoxed at, the Giants in-game decision-making. So uh, could the Eagles lose this game? Yeah, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites, so it's yeah. not like, uh, you know. 60% or something? Yeah, they're not at the level where they're just going to go in and, and dominate every team by 20 points. But, um, you know, this has not been a good football team all season. So, so two quick Giants points. First one, their offensive line, it kind of reminds me of the Eagles wide receiver situation. Right. Like it, it, it's not for a lack of investment. Right. You know, they, they've invested draft picks. They've invested in money. They've just done a bad job picking the players and developing the talent. And and then that's why they're in the position they're in. And it's an it's an indictment, frankly, on, on Dave Gettleman because he wanted to build along the all, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And their offensive line is 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 bad. Uh that's hog mollies, right? Yeah, that exactly. Yep. 62.7% is the Eagles' chance of winning this game. There you go. According uh, to the second yeah. thing is, and you mentioned Joe Judge, uh, for for all that Joe Judge emphasizes, you would expect them to be like a really tough, yes. disciplined, physical team, right? Smart. Because that's ex- exactly, and, and that's what they're not. And the irony is like the, the way the Eagles are playing and the way like Nick Sirianni comes off with his public persona compared to the way the Giants are playing and the way Joe Judge comes off with his public persona, it's like the complete opposite. Like if if you just listened to Nick Sirianni, you would think they were they were yeah. like this this uh, you know freewheeling uh, um, you know have have fun like like and they're all they're you 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 watch them play they're they're tough they're physical um, they're kind of the way you would expect a Joe Judge team based on the way Joe Judge talks and then when you know Joe Judge uses all these these terms and comes off a certain way. But when you watch them play, yeah, you don't say like, that's a tough, physical, smart football team. It's actually the opposite. So it's, it's interesting though, the, the way you want to be perceived, uh, don't listen to them. Just watch them. Zach, were you as disappointed well as I was that we did not get a JJ Ortega Whiteside mentioned during the Condoleezza Rice segment of the Manning broadcast? Was I disappointed? Uh, were you no, as disappointed I, I, as I was? No, I was not disappointed at it. So, I feel like he's a guy that the, the fans can get behind a little bit now. You know, JJ? it didn't work play out well. Play, yeah, the play of the game, yeah. according to Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I think it was an RPO, and uh, he gets open and, you know, kind of was surprised at how he caught it. But I will I will give him, <laughs> <laughs> you know, then he did the first down signal. Uh, at the, I think he wasn't sure. He deserves but, credit, for sure. Yeah, I mean, really, he could have just been down in the dumps, and I'm not getting touches and blaming everybody else for his performance. But it's like, it seems like he's done whatever he can to carve out a role some way, whether special teams, totally. blocking, doing whatever. It seems like a good teammate, plays with energy. And so good for him. If he ends up being, you know, a, a fourth wide receiver, 
for six years in the league, you know what? That that's hard to do. And so our right, Bo doesn't think. Listen, well, Matt Collins is. It's yeah. funny when you watch these games on Sunday. Matt yeah. Collins is catching touchdowns for the Dolphins, and Marcus they love him jo- down there. Yeah, they, yeah. they love him in Miami. Marcus yeah. Johnson two weeks ago at a hundred yards. I saw that. That uh, was nuts in in a game. And so you know, there it's a, it's a it's a passing league, the NFL. And so yeah, gotta have some wide receivers. But but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you separate you separate the pick versus the player. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And JJ's problem has has never been want to or like lack of desire, lack of effort. Um, he's it, uh, they've had guys in the past where that has been the problem. That hasn't been JJ's problem. So if you want to rip on the pick or the player, so be it. But it's it, he's 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 always been a guy who's who's put in the work. So wait, Zach, is Joe Judge the only? Like, is he the extension of the rule? Is he the only local guy you don't like? I don't dislike Joe Judge. I actually, I, I, I like him. I, I like this. I, I just, I'm, I'm talking about the way his team's playing. Last year, by the way, he's coaching I, a bunch of, a bunch no, of pansy I, losers. I, I, I would have said the opposite last year. I thought last year, you know, especially late in the year, they were playing hard. They were a physical team. Uh, I, I think of that, that game. Was it was a Monday Seahawks. night game? The, yeah, the Seahawks game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like that's what jumped out to me is all right. They're taking on the identity of their coach. They're at least playing the way they wanted to play. When I watch them this year, and granted, I don't watch them every week, so perhaps I'm um, jumping in. But I, I did watch that that Monday night, and what jumps out to me is the lack of like toughness and physicality that you no, see. No, that's true. I mean, they had their fullback got like a taunting penalty after I forget what game it was. What's name? Elijah Penny. Is that their fullback? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he got like a taunting penalty at a key moment, which again, that's probably not his fault. But yes, the things you would, the things you're making people run gassers over yeah. in August, you would hope that that would translate to the field. It has not translated to the field. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we move into the main event. Swooper Storecasting is here. It is a tight game. Shield four and a third. Zach and I three and a third. Zach, as always, has the most turkeys heading into this week's bidding process. He has. Oh, 39. I didn't send Marissa mine. I, I was just I messaging you. Yeah. Oh, do you need an extra couple minutes? Should we? Should we vamp? Well, should here, we let let me get my complaints from last show out there. You can respond, and I'll send Marissa mine while you respond. Okay, that's fair that's enough. Right. First of all, uh, you know, Marissa and Zach giving Bo credit for his honesty. I mean, he had already won. That's the reason he was so honest about it. You think if that was the tie-breaking thing that he would have come out and said that, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, geez, I think I didn't uh, put the clear, clarify this one. Yeah, I shouldn't get credit for that. I mean, that was the only reason he did that. So give me a break. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, Bo, just now, you know, I know Zach had the coffee, uh, you know, Zach's trying to talk. You're talking about your fantasy team. You're talking about Ben Roethlisberger. You know, Zach sells a story for you. You you sell a story of his as a joke from 2019. I mean, come on, be a teammate here a little bit. What was going on? You're too distracted. 
for the post-game pod. Z-Burn brought the energy, had the caffeine. Uh, I feel like you didn't Thank reciprocate you. it there. Okay, you're taking notes there. I'm waiting uh, so you can t- have your time to do the super uh, shortcut okay. because you don't respect the show enough to do it beforehand. Well, I know that's right. Uh, Tim Tebow and Mark Sanchez are your examples of like, you know, these quarterbacks that the whole team rallies around and really likes? Come on. You, you, could, do, you could do better than that. Um, let me see here. Yeah, I mean, starting out with the Troy thing. Come on, this team has some juice. You exactly. The Troy thing yes. in minute 75 and end the show with that when the sickos are still listening. Go ahead. Zach, you just got to shut I don't remember the- how the Troy thing started. <laughs> Zach, you just got to shut that down. Okay. Remember, it doesn't matter what he asks. You have something to say. You know, today, like Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like me. You know, answer the flex. question you want to answer. Yeah. WIP asked me a Jalen question Hurts about does, yeah. how Josh yeah. Sweat performed. Like how Josh Sweat performed. The story here is how this defense has totally changed for the sun. And then you go off, you always say what you want to say. You don't let the questioner, kind of you know, the host, uh, dictate what the topic's going to be. You know what you do is you go, that's an interesting question because, and then you go into whatever. Yeah, I just, I just, to- I'm totally a jerk about it. Yeah, I don't think you need to have much uh, nuance there. Uh, and I disagree. I think I disagree with you with the whole people getting mad about. If the season ended today, Zach, you know, I've seen people in, in comments or will tweet, they'll get mad about this. You know what we're talking when you say if the season ended today, everyone knows what we're talking about. We know the season doesn't end today. Like everyone I just know. calm down and we're making a point. So uh, those were, uh, I believe, were those all my notes here? Yeah, you got to the Princeton thing. Okay, yeah. All right. So I remember actually on, on, that, on, on the season ended today, and this is a shout out to Marissa. I remember an, an interview with um, with Derek Jeter. That's why it's a shout out to Marissa. She, mm-hmm. uh, she love him. And Kim a Derek Jeter fan. Yes, and uh, and Jeter was saying like the thing that bothered him in coverage was uh, on pace for because he was saying anyone could be on pace for something in game thirty, basically, right? The the challenge is doing it over a one hundred sixty two game season. And that's why, like, the season ended today. I get what Shield's saying, but so much of teams' identities are how do you play in December? How do you play late in the season? And and, and so, uh, I mean, there are a, a lot of times, frankly, that the team Shield covered in Seattle or the team Shield covered in Philadelphia, it looked different uh, on Thanksgiving than it did on Christmas. Yeah, but we're not. T- no one's talking about those things as if the season is over it's like if the season ended today this is where they are like this they're a half game back and it's not like you know you know there's i think the on pace for thing is fair um i think it's different i mean everybody everybody understands that yeah if this is what we we can get to it we should we should agree as a society that once you're through a certain percentage, then you can use the on pace for stats. I would agree. I disagree. I think it's great. I think a guy hits three home runs on opening day. I think it's great to say he's on pace joke. for 500 yeah. home runs. Yeah, but if we say like 50 I think once you get through 50% of the season, if you want to Fair give enough. me an on pace for, give me an on pace for. I don't have a problem with that. All right. Keep if going. I can hop two more. I'm I'm gonna you hop down super sarcastic really that whole Marissa, digression. what do you got? Marissa, I actually had a trivia question for Zach, but he has okay. that oh. law. No, no, no. I'm my video's out of sync. So I uh I was so mm. you fire the question away, I'll answer it and then I'll hop out and back, hop back in. Okay. I sent this to Bo the other day. I saw this on Twitter. Okay. A wild stat for South Carolina. The Gamecocks have won eight games since the start of last season. That's how we got to Troy. No, this was not 
No, but they're, they're opening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of those eight wins, four of the coaches of those teams have been fired. Who were okay. the four? Who've been fired since last season? Well, Dan Mullen and Ed Orgeron. Um, those would be two. Uh, um, the Troy coach. Well, I guess Ed, I guess he doesn't count yet because he's still technically coaching. So he is not oh, okay. on that list. Okay. So of the game, of the game, South Carolina has won. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, the games yes. they've won. Okay, sorry about that. So um, they've won eight games. Yeah, and of those eight wins, four of the coaches of those teams have been fired. Well, Bo, I wouldn't have gotten Troy, but Bo T's Troy. So Troy, um, mm-hmm. Florida's Dan, and, 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 and Troy's Chip Lindsay, right? Yeah. Uh, Florida is, is, is Dan Mullen. Uh, and yep. the other games that they've won, um, uh, have they? Uh, I'm ready, by the way. I'm sorry. I I don't have. Okay, it. we could we could postpone this. Keep thinking. But now, about Zach, it. do you need a minute to reboot? I do need a. I I need thirty right. seconds. Oh, I'm just gonna respond. jump off and jump back. Okay. Sheil will probably answer the end of this question because Sheil knows the rest of the answer. Right? What's your Wait, What's what? your Thanksgiving setup for tomorrow, Sheil? <laughs> what was the? Uh, well, uh, are you asking me what I'm eating or what my plans are? Wait, both. Well, I would say two things. As a vegetarian, I'm finished and I'm finished answering for the rest of my life at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, I don't need to know. You don't need to give me yeah. like what does a vegetarian eat on things. Yeah, but yeah go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> if you know a vegetarian, do not ask them that question and don't pull one of these. Oh, you're vegetarian? So like, how do you get your protein? <laughs> what do you do for protein? <laughs> There's other options for protein. Okay. I get enough protein. He's a bean I'm man. Fine with protein. I go to the doctor, they don't tell me I need more protein. So those those are the two things I'm done with. I decided at this point. This is like one of those things I thought of like literally two days ago. I'm like, I need to get this take out there yeah. on, on birds with friends. But are you having like a family meal? That's a really uh, my parents are coming over, yes. Nice. Who's doing it. the cooking? Yeah. You uh, helping out at all is basically what I'm asking. No, no. My wife is doing some cooking. We've got an auntie who we're uh, in Wallingford who we're picking up some stuff from. And then we were, you know, so. Oh, you're, she's yeah. doing the cooking, but not part of the party. You're, she's no, just, she, you're, she, you've outsourced some of the meal to her. No, she has this. Yeah, she runs this like uh, thing where, you know, if you are like a, uh, if you're an Indian who needs like a lunch or something or, uh, you know, you want to pick really? up some meals, you don't have time to cook. You just hop over to her house, park in the driveway. She does the cooking. It makes, you know, you pay her a little bit and then what a deal. you get your food. Yeah, it's great. That's great. There's always an auntie or an uncle available. I'll tell you that much. I like that. No matter where you are. Okay. All right. Zach, are you ready? Are you all hooked up? All set. Yep. All right. All right. So how Once many again, turkeys do I have? You've got 37. Zach's got 39. I've got 27. Oh, all right. All right. So we do have some similar ones, but they're different. Mm. So we're gonna we're gonna roll with them because Shield didn't really give me a lot of time to adjust. <laughs> so <laughs> they are different. You so. talk about thirty disrespect. seconds here. The, the only on. person here who matters is Marissa, and you're just usually I do send it to you disrespect. earlier in the show. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still during the show, but <laughs> usually show. usually we have the pre-recorded ad breaks, and we didn't have enough time for that True. today, so threw us off, but it's okay. They are different. So just keep that in mind. There are some similarities and things, but all right, we will start with, cause this was such a hit last week. <laughs> a punt lands in the field of play, non-muff and does not result in a touchback. Does this make sense? This was mine. Does it? 
Basically, it's just a punt lands, but it doesn't go into the end zone. So or maybe the guy does the fake the... fair catch. It lands behind him, right. but it's down. Or it's a good five. punt that lands okay. at the five and doesn't go in the end zone. Okay. Or it's so a it's bit down? of a shank that. Yeah. Yeah. It just it's oh. it's not the first One. time it touches three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is it, does it. a does a block a blocked punt? Is that count here? Um, no, I would, yeah. I would. I should clarify that doesn't count because that's what about a grazed. Touching a what hand about a grazed? Okay, all right. It, it has to not. It has to go untouched, clean beyond okay. the line of scrimmage. Yeah. All right. I four. bid one. I mean, I, I, I oh, always so wait for the four? one. Yeah. Five. Six. Ooh. Ooh. Seven. Eight. Eight. I really hope Sloan and Reed are still watching for this part. <laughs> this yeah, is the most name. dynamic part of the podcast. <laughs> Gosh. I was I thinking teach about a, budget management. A so swooper like. forecasting <laughs> improvement. What if for every one, you just had to send in your bid to Marie? Like you get Ooh, one bid. Mm, blind bid. Send it in to Marie. Yeah, a blind silent bid. option, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we'll think about that. All right, so what did Zach bid? Not eight, as good radio, eight. I'd imagine. Eight. Gosh, Zach. <laughs> I feel down. like this happens. I, I feel like this happens with... with with relative with regularity. Yeah, I kind of feel like that too. Nine. Yeah. All right. You convinced me. Nine. All right. You can have it. All right. Man, I Talk really to want this too, but I mean, oh. 10 for this. Oh, you're still in it. I'm going to let you have it for nine. Okay. Hot, hot one off the, off the start. <laughs> okay. Devonte Smith tops 100 receiving yards. Against the team that wanted the draft him, right? The Eagles jumped the uh, Giants. Uh, I'll go two, three, four, five, six. The first pained look of the night from Zach. Do I hear seven, Zach? We're both. We're both. Seven. I'm out. Bo, going once, going twice, sold to Zeeburn for seven. All right. Okay. Joe Judge loses a challenge. Two. Three. Four. Such a fun one to root for. <laughs> That's a good one. Four. No, I'm not going to go more than more on that. Zach, I don't believe this happens with like relative frequency. So I've I am not going. I I don't think this is smart money here. Oh, shot it! Famous Bo. last like words: it. sold to Bo for four. Take that all day long. <laughs> I should have bid just a bit Bo up. How high would you have gone on that one? Would you have gone six? I would have gone right. 27. I got 27 turkeys. <laughs> would have gone all in. All right. Jalen Hurts has fewer rushing yards than Daniel Jones. Mm, one. Wait, Marissa, did you say you're combining ones that are similar no. or no? Wow. Shield game strategy here. It's the first time, the first time she'll has ever considered what his turkeys what his Listen, bids are. Just coming. a random question. You know, sometimes they pop <laughs> into your head. What are you at one? Because I'm technically this is different. Two. Chill. Then your submission. Is it? 
Yeah. Um, what is yours? Daniel Jones. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. I forgot what I said. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, two. I, I said two. You can three. say three. Four. <laughs> Going live. He had that big run last year. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. tripped on his tripped on his own feet. Six. I'm out. Okay. All right. Darius Light has a turnover, force fumble, or fumble recovery. One. Mind you, Slay's in the concussion protocol for those who weren't listening at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if he's back this week. Two. Was that a direct shot at Shield for those of you who were not listening at the top of the <laughs> yeah, show? Yeah, thank you. Uh, three. <laughs> this was not one of Shield's submissions, though. Going once. Four. <laughs> Do I hear five? He's been on a heater recently. Yeah, no, I'm not going five. I'll take it at four. Is Bo out? Bo? I'm out. Bo, that was yours, right? No, that was no, mine. It was not. Oh. Yeah. oh, wow, and, and, Zach, you're throwing yeah. everybody off. Step up, Bo. What are you doing? You got All more right. turkeys than I do. <laughs> Get, get your turkeys ready, Bo, because this one has your name written all over it. Mm. The broadcast shows new Giants offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens or Joe Judge clapping, and then in parentheses, in honor of Jason Garrett. Now, the parentheses does not mean that they have to be clapping in honor of Jason <laughs> no, Garrett. No, yes, it's just, just a, like yes. that's I was wondering, Jason are you going to go to the yeah. Giants availabilities <laughs> afterwards and say, hey, Joe, I saw you, uh, you know, I know you guys lost uh, 37 to 16, but I saw you clapping after that uh, nice special teams play in the second quarter. Was that in honor of Jason Garrett? <laughs> That'd be good. More so in honor of his sideline presence. Yeah. All right. So it, multiple will claps, Freddie be, right? Will Freddie be on the sideline or will he be? I'm sure they will show him at some point, but whether he's on the sideline or in the booth, we shall see. Three. One, One. clap is not yeah. enough, correct? It's your two claps. claps. Is that a multiple claps? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Judge is a clapper, but I feel like if they show him, there's a chance he'll be clapping. Uh, three. I already said three. <laughs> Four. Damn. <laughs> uh, I'll go five. Going on. Zach? Ooh, maybe he'll be clapping for himself for throwing a red flag and I'll get a double Joe Judge one. That'd be good. Now I will I will say this does not, you know, this could be pregame. This could be, you know, if they are showing oh, no. it. Oh shoot. Good mm. point. It did not say. All it says is the broadcast shows. The broadcast. So that's gotta be the so, game broadcast, though. It's gotta be yes. Yeah. From one okay. o'clock. It's a one o'clock game, correct? Yeah, yes, one o'clock. All right. Whenever that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Daniel Jones' longest run is longer than Jalen Hurts' oh. longest run. So they this are different. Me. They're different. Yeah, Those right. are different. Yeah. I go for the DraftKings stack here, right? Oh, well, mm. the bet. Is there bet a bet? There's no bet MGM daily fantasy, though, right? <laughs> so we need a daily fantasy sponsor. Uh, Two. Three. Four. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Woo! 
Do I want to play the hits or diversify? Hmm. See, I've used 17 so far. I have 39. So I'm down to 22. Yeah. Um, How many more are left after this? Six. No, five after this. Five. Yeah, no, I want to carry a certain amount over. So. (laughs) Well, what are you at? You have it at six or seven? I thought it was five. <laughs> oh, it's at least six. Six. Going once. Going twice. Seven. <laughs> you little. Seven. Eight. You got it. Okay. All right. Kadarius Tony has more receiving yards than Devontae Smith. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. She was a big Kadarius Tony guy, as as, well, as his writing suggests. Yeah, I yeah. did not like Kadarius Tony during the draft process, but uh, yeah, fun. he is he's he is watch. a very fun player. I mean, I'm sure they won't do anything creative with him, and he'll be. And he has like issues where he can't get like the right cleat on, or he does. Yeah, he's kind of a wild card, which is fun. Eight. I'm out. I'm out. All right. Sold to bow for eight. Boston Scott tops 75 yards from scrimmage or scores at least two touchdowns. Two. Of course, a New York Giants killer. Mm-hmm. Three. Four. Five. Six. Eagles down Jordan Howard. Yep. Seven. Do I hear eight? The or is interesting here. Yeah. Because eight. I don't think this is going to happen. I think Miles Sanders is going to have a big role this weekend, but I'm going to call the Boston Scott Giants narrative reached a crescendo. Is it? Is there? Is there another level to it? Or nine. Ooh. Shield thing's not. It's a bridge too far. <laughs> Bo? <laughs> <laughs> Going once. Going twice. Sold to Shield. JJ Ortega Whiteside has a catch. One. Two. Three. Three. Four. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> The preemptive four. Do I hear five? I'm not shopping this deal. Yeah. Going twice. No. No. All right. Sold to shield. All right. 
This is an interesting one. This was a chat one. The Eagles have more rushing yards in the first half than the Giants do for the entire game. Three. Four. Which I pulled up the stat. The Giants had 66 rushing yards against the Bucks. Hmm. The Eagles had 155, I think, in the first half the other day. Uh, five. Six. Ooh. I wasn't expecting you to go that far. Seven. Mm. That's all I've left, I think. That's true. Okay. Look at you keeping score. <laughs> well, have to after your high score. He knows score. what he submitted. <laughs> Eight. Jill, Jill looks like he's not into it, but he's he's ready to take some points back. He's <laughs> in a few weeks. <laughs> mm. How Eight. many how many turkeys does Zach want to carry over? Can I push him to ten? We have one more after this. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's it. I don't really want this for nine. I'm going to let you have it, Zach. Okay. Would you have gone to 10? No. Oh, baby. He's, you don't know if he would ever not. <laughs> just sticking it to you. <laughs> I like it, Z-Burn. All right. Last one. <laughs> Jalen Hurts throws for three or more touchdowns. Ooh, throws four. Mm-hmm. Three. Four. Five. Seven. Six. Damn. <laughs> I got uh, it. Sold. Yes. Yeah. Zach out. Zach, you're out. All right. You're at seven. He's at seven, so I'd have to go to eight. No. Yeah. He's at yeah. Yeah. All right. Second week in a row. We've all got four. Equal uh disparity. That's fun. Uh Shield has the very exciting punt lands in the field of play. That's a good I think, one. I think that's the highlight of the uh, of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Rooting for that. Um, he also has Daniel Jones's longest run is longer than Jalen Hurts's longest run. Boston Scott has either 75 yards from scrimmage, set over 75 yards from scrimmage, I believe. 75 does not count, or two touchdowns. And JJ Ortega Whiteside has a catch. Zach and he has and she'll has seven turkeys to carry over. Zach has Devontae Smith has 100 yards receiving. Daniel Jones has more rushing yards on the game than Jalen Hurts does. Darius Slay has a turnover, force an interception, force fumble, or fumble recovery. And the Eagles have more rushing yards in the first half than the Giants do in the game. I have Joe Judge loses a challenge. Excited about that one. Joe Judge or Freddie Kitchens is seen on the broadcast clapping. Kadarius Toney has more receiving yards than Devontae Smith. And Jalen Hurts has three passing touchdowns i think that's a good slate i think uh i don't know i don't know i think i, I think maybe zach wins this week we'll see i don't know i, I like I, wish... I, I think she, the punt is really i can't oh, wait the for punt, the punt yeah well, that happens most games i i does it i don't know we'll have to ask right. analytics all right, let's get into the crystal ball eagle and uh, and finish this bad boy out. Wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I can go first. Uh, I like the Eagles in this game. I'm debating how big I like the Eagles in this game. I do think they're going to cover. Uh, I think they have a huge advantage with their offensive line versus the Giants' defensive line and vice versa. I think they're better coached. I think that Giants team is sort of in uh, in shambles right now with their season 
having gone sideways. I don't know that the change in play color is going to help them that much for this week. I think it's hard to prepare for the Eagles on a short week, specifically their offense, but now even their defense now that they've changed things up. So uh, I think the Eagles are going to win comfortably. I'm going to go Eagles 30, Giants 20 for this game. Ooh. Uh, so I agree with everything Shield said there. And I like the matchup. I, I like the situation. Uh, I like this game for the Eagles. I like them to cover. The over-under in this is, what, 46? I don't have it in front of me. Is, it, is that I what it is? Nor do I. I can look yeah, it so up. So I, I, I think 46. But uh, the Eagles have, have won by double digits in you know most games this year that they've won. I am I am calling for another double digit win here. I am going Eagles 30 Giants 17. Mm. You know it's interesting the Eagles have not I mean the the Panthers game was was different but you know they they we, we talked about their margin of victory 19 points per game. Uh that's the only one possession game they've won. They haven't really and even that game was like it flipped so quickly that it was not like they had to like go out and win the game necessarily. They haven't had that opportunity yet uh, or been given that challenge. I feel like that might happen this week. I, you know, I think about this game like the Eagles are much better than the Giants, but you know, the line doesn't tell us that. You guys are both picking blowouts, so obviously I've got a I've got a reverse course here. Um, I think the Eagles are going to win, and I think maybe they will get that go out and win a tight game. Jalen Hurts gets to go lead a touchdown drive to win a game on the road. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles winning this game. The Giants do some interesting things on defense to slow them. The Eagles win the game 23 to 20. Mm, don't cover. Don't cover. Three and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. But I mean, listen, they win this game. So right now they are at, I believe, Football Outsiders has them at 44% to make the playoffs, which is the fourth best of the wild card teams. They have the Vikings and Niners both as slightly over 50% and the, the Saints a uh, slight percent, like they're like 45 or 46% over the Eagles. So there you go. There you go. We will be back on Sunday. I, I I do want to say real quick because this is a uh, I mean not to be sentimental here but but mm. but but this is a time of year for gratitude and uh, we we mentioned that Black Friday deal earlier but it 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 wasn't lost on I me mean, how how many of our listeners subscribed and I see uh, I see how many people tune in like Bo and I were in Denver and someone wanted us to come to their bachelor party uh, I am grateful like I do not. Uh, I did not take that for granted. I'm very grateful for our audience, and uh, I'm very grateful for the three of you. In that, uh, uh, I, I I mean that sincerely. I was listening to a podcast yesterday on the way to work, and Flex. it was uh, it was with a uh, a TV host who said that you know his goal in all the TV interviews is to make the interview the the interviewee forget that the camera's there. And he was kind of flexing that people always tell him they forget the camera's there, but I can say. Uh, at this age, you don't usually spend three hours a week with somebody who's, who's not your wife and kids. Right. And we spend three hours a week together and I genuinely forget that the camera, and the microphone is on. So 
thankful Jeez. for all of you and, and look forward to the next oh. year. I don't think Shields ever been less comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I echo Zach's uh, sentiments. I have done on my own, but happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> he likes to be in the emotional zoo. He does not want to be behind yeah, the emotional zoo. Yeah, like to watch zoo. his emotion. Yeah, yeah, good emotion right there. Yeah, words of affirmation. That, that's that's my love language yeah. for my wife. So there that's you go. That's very nice of you to say, I, Zach. I'm the same way, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, I too. Hope Michael's watching. <laughs> uh Thank you for saying so, Zach. You got it. Couldn't agree more. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you bringing the energy, being the the thermo, thermostat, not the thermometer. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Keep your thermometer. Mark Brunel. Do you want to yep. do another Mark Brunel joke? <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Troy Williamson. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, thanks uh, for everybody for listening. Thanks for everybody for watching live. Um, for And we will be back on maybe a little bit earlier than usual for our post-game pod on Sunday. That's the plan. We'll see how things go. So for Zach and Marissa and Sheil and Elijah, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Have a happy Thanksgiving to all the sickos. And as always, we love you.